And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. We're in a series called Faith for Tough Times. 1 John 5, 4 says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. How many of you know our world's in a sad shape? But you know what? You and I don't have to be in sad shape. We don't have to allow Fox or NBC or ABC or CBS or anybody else or CNN. We don't have to allow the media and what's going on with the Republicans or what's going on with the Democrats determine how you and I are living our life or how we're doing. This is the faith that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And today, we're in the third installment in this series. I want to talk to you about seeing the answer, seeing the answer. Turn to Mark chapter 6 and then to Proverbs chapter 4. And and I want you to know this today. No matter how difficult the situation you're facing, I want you to know this. God can turn it around. The doctors may have told you there's no hope, but God can give you hope and he can turn it around. Your bank account may be empty, but God can turn it around because we serve a God who multiplies the loaves and the fishes. There may be trouble in your family, but God can turn it around. There may be trouble at your job or in the business that you own, but God can turn it around. You may have so many troubles that you have to look up to see bottom, but the devil has never made a problem that God hasn't already made an answer for. Nothing intimidates God. It's just as easy for God to heal cancer as it is a headache. It's just as easy for God to give you a new job and to help your cash flow situation as it is for God to help you find a parking place at the mall. (laughs) It's just as easy for God to help you to buy a home as it is for him to help you to make rent payments. Even in times like we're living in. Even in times when truth seems to be falling in the streets and some people don't know their left hand from their right hand, when the whole world is going crazy, God's going to bring you through. Hallelujah. One of the things, though, that you and I have got to get, and we've got to maintain this, if we're going to see victory, is we've got to get a vision of God's Word coming true in your life. You've got to invite the Holy Spirit to paint a picture of God's Word coming true in your life. See, 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 a lot of Christians, they want God to touch them by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I believe in the anointing. I thank God for the fresh oil of the Holy Ghost. I thank God for the, for the ministry of the Spirit. I thank God for that manifestation of God's presence in our midst. But I'm going to tell you something. The anointing has to be joined with something. The anointing has to be joined with your faith. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, it, 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 you know, in Acts ten thirty eight, it says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And it says in Matthew chapter eight, it says that after Jesus healed healed 
Peter's mother-in-law of a fever that they brought everybody in the village who was sick and tormented by devils and Jesus healed and delivered them all. And that didn't happen just one time. There are several places in the scripture where Jesus would go into a city or a town and he would heal everybody. But we read in Mark chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, when Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth, it says, now, he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Dear ones, look at me. You do not want to make God marvel because of unbelief. Let him marvel because of your faith. But don't make God marvel because of your unbelief. I really think Jesus went to Nazareth and Jesus was intended to have revival. Jesus was intended to see people come to faith in Christ. Jesus was intending to preach the kingdom and see, see demons taken away from people and to see people healed. But he could do no mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. Dear ones, unbelief ties the hands of God. Look at Proverbs 4 with me, verses 20 through 22. He says, my son, give attention to my words. Okay? Now, in this, this passage of scripture, verses 20 through 22, he mentions our ears, he mentions our eyes, and he mentions our heart. I want you, let's just pretend we're back in KidVenture this morning, okay? You know, the kids often will use their hands, and, and, and I want you to use your hands as I read this verse, okay? Here we go. He says, my son, give attention to my words, incline your, point your, your hand to your ears, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your, don't poke yourself in the eye. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your, come on, heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The Amplified Bible says they are health and healing to all their flesh. Now I want you to read this verse aloud with me. Read Proverbs 4 verses 20 through 22 aloud with me and do the hand motions. Are you ready? Here we go. My son, Come on, you can do better than that. Let's raise the, the rafters here. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Many people, many people fail because they see themselves as failures. They have failed to keep God's word in their heart. And they've got a, a, a self-image. They've got a, a mental image inside. And when they look at themselves, they see disappointment. When they look at themselves, they say, I'm a big letdown. I'm a catastrophe going someplace to happen. But I want you to know, God doesn't want you to see yourself as a failure. God doesn't want you to see yourself as a catastrophe. God doesn't want to see yourselves as a big letdown. There's a reason that your windshield's bigger than your rearview mirror because where you're going is more important than where you've been. Somebody say hallelujah. I once knew a man, he had a had a great job. He made a good salary. And then he got sick. He suffered kidney problems. And eventually both of his kidneys failed. And he was on dialysis for over 15 years. And finally, my friend was awarded a donor kidney. And he had the surgery. And, and we prayed for him. And his body accepted the kidney. And things looked like it was going good. But less than a year after he had the surgery, 
he took his own life. He committed suicide and he left a note behind and he says something like this he says i am depressed because the pressures of trying to live life as a healed and whole person are too much for me i was happier when i was on dialysis because there wasn't anything expected of me he got his new kidney he was expected to get back on his feet. He was expected to live a, quote, normal, unquote, life, you know. But he caught, had a, a, an image down in his heart. And in this image in his heart, he had a heart full of fear and a heart, heart full of, of, of failure. He saw himself as unable to live a productive life. He saw himself as unable to get back into the workforce. Dear ones, the Bible says, Proverbs 23, verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, I don't want to take that out of context but because he's talking about a, a selfish person there. But it's still true in any context. As a man thinks in his heart, as you think in your heart, so are you. We all carry a, an image down inside us of ourselves. The, the image that you've got inside yourself is, is crafted in part by your family of origin. You've got a blueprint that was put in you by your family of origin. Then you've gone through some things and you've had some ups and you've had some downs and you've had some successes and maybe you've had some things that didn't look so successful, but that all goes into the mix. But then thank God you come out of darkness and come into the kingdom of God's dear son and you get in Christ and Christ gets in you and he makes you a new creature in Christ. And it constitutes what, 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 what psychologists call our self image. And here's the problem. Some people carry a picture inside them of fear. Some people carry a picture inside them of poverty and barely getting by. And some people carry a, a picture inside them of, of sickness and disease. And some people carry a, a picture inside them of rejection. Some people carry a, a picture inside them of failure. Folks, we need to carry a picture of, inside of us of the risen, resurrected King of glory. Who stands, I am he that liveth and was dead, and I hold the keys to death and hell, and I've got the keys to the kingdom. Come on. Is the greater one living inside you? Well, you and I need to let the greater one who lives inside us paint a word picture by the Holy Ghost of who Jesus is and what he's done. I, I just think we need to have a vision. You know, Romans 8 verse 34 says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father where he forever makes intercession for us. You need to get a vision of Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. And I, I don't think it means that Jesus is praying 24-7 personally. I think what it means is that his blood makes intercession for us. And God looks at the blood. And, he, and, and when the devil says, see there, you're a sinner. Nothing's working out. You say, well, well, you know what, devil, I used to be in sin, but God has applied the blood of Christ. Christ to my life. I'm not the person I used to be. I've been saved by the blood. I'm kept by the blood. I put my faith in God's grace. I am not the person I used to be. Folks, we just need a vision of, you know, Paul had it, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. He says, I want to give thanks to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. 
We just got to get that vision inside us. See, there was a, a woman that we read about in Mark chapter 5, and, and she had an issue of blood, but, but, and that means that she was a free bleeder. She could not stop bleeding. She had been to many doctors, had suffered many things, but here's what she told her. Somebody told her about Jesus. And she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made well. She had a word picture in her heart. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment, and I'm going to be healed. Let's look at that passage together. Mark 5, verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and she had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. But when she heard about Jesus... When she heard, folks, people need to hear about Jesus. And sometimes we don't share our faith because we're afraid we'll be rejected. We're afraid they're going to say, well, he's a nutcase. She's crazy. You know, look at that old Bible thumper over there. Folks, if we knew how little they thought of us anyway, because most people got themselves. They're a legend in their own mind, right? Come on. Most people got themselves on their mind. We just need to share. People need to hear. I'm so glad that my great-granddaddy, J.N. Todd, somebody told him about Jesus. And I'm so glad that somebody told J.B. Todd Sr. about Jesus. And I'm so glad that somebody told J.B. Jr. about Jesus. And I'm so glad somebody told Terrell about Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm I'm so glad that somebody told J.T. Sykes about Jesus. And 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 I'm so glad that that, that the Sykes told their kids about Jesus. And somebody told Richmond Moran about Jesus. And and somebody told Geraldine Moran about Jesus. And and I'm so glad Geraldine Moran met J.B. Todd. And I'm glad they got married. And I'm glad they told me about Jesus. I'm telling you people need to hear when she heard about jesus she came up behind him in the crowd she touched his garment for she says if only if only here's the picture she had in her heart folks it would have been easy for this little lady to have a picture of rejection in her heart because she's supposed to be she was ceremonially unclean she was supposed to be shouting unclean unclean not getting within three feet of anybody it would have been easier for her to have a, a vision of fear in her heart. Come on. It would have been easier for her to have a vision of being a victim, of saying, well, I just have this handicap, and, and I'm just different. But she got a vision. She got a vision in her heart. She says, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now watch in verses 29 and 30. There are two immediately's. When I say immediately, you say immediately, okay? Here we go, verse 29. Immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, say it, immediately, knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And he said to her daughter, verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Jesus said, Somebody touch me. And the disciples said, Jesus, what do you mean somebody touched you? There are people pulling on you and people pushing you. There's a great crowd. He says, yeah, but somebody touched me that was different from those that are pushing and prodding me. Everybody look at me. It is not the casual touch. It's not the curious touch that receives from God. It is the faith-filled touch. You know, I've been doing this thing long enough. I've seen people come and say, well, I guess I'll get healing and see if anything happens. Nothing usually happens. 
Because it's not the casual touch, it's not the religious touch, it's not even the curious touch, it's the faith. You just need to make up your mind, the moment hands are laid on me, you, you might be like the centurion, Lord, you don't even need to come to my house, just speak the word. I speak healing to you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I speak deliverance to you, I speak prosperity, I speak blessings from heaven. I'd say what Satan's meant for harm is going to work together for your good. I'm saying you can't lose for winning. I'm saying God's made you the head and not the tail. I'm saying he's made you above and not beneath. I'm saying you got a merry heart that does you good like a medicine. I'm saying God's at work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. I'm saying the God who started a good work in your life is going to bring it to completion. I'm saying he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's at work in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll receive it. Somebody said, but, but pastor, I thought it was the anointing that healed that lady. Well, folks, it was the anointing, but the anointing of the Holy Spirit has to be met by something. It has to be met by faith in God. Something has got to activate that anointing. Something has got to activate it. You know, many years ago, Kathy and I were, were on staff in St. Augustine at Trinity Chapel. And, and we were young and full of zeal. And I remember there was a lady in the church. She brought her sister who was blind. And her sister gave her heart to Christ. And she said, I'd like to have prayer for healing. And so Kathy and I were getting to pray with her. This was a Sunday night. We were praying for her, and and she began to say, ooh, ah, ooh. And I said, what's going on? She says, I can see colors. She says, I can, I can see shades. I can, she says, I've never done this before. This is wonderful. Well, that's, that was the extent of what she could see that night were, were colors and, and shades. But I was encouraged because, man, she came in not seeing anything. And I remember that when Jesus prayed for a man that was, that was blind, the Bible says Jesus asked him, says, can you see? And he says, well, I see men as trees walking. In other words, he wasn't seeing completely right. And Jesus ministered to him some more and he could see clearly. And, you know, miracles are instantaneous, but sometimes healings are gradual. And so Kathy and I said, well, come back. We want to pray for you at the next service. And, 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 and she came back and we prayed for her then. And she came back a third time. And then she just quit coming to church. Didn't show up. And we asked her sister. We, we, we said, we said, where's your sister? We're missing her. And she said, well, when my sister, you know, she's blind. I said, well, yeah, that's what we were praying about. She says, well, you know, when she realized that she was getting better, she got afraid. And she grew afraid because she was afraid that she would lose her government disability if she gained her sight. And so she decided that it would just be easier to go through life with blindness than to have to be productive and learn a trade and be able to... See, that's the reason... Folks, in the Bible, Jesus many times asked people, do you want to be well? The man at the pool of Bethesda, he says, he says, do you want to be healed? You know, Jesus, see, everybody, some people, the, 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 the image they've got of themselves inside is so strong as that of a handicapped person, as that of a, of, 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 of a victim, of that of, of not being able to, 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 to get along with things is so strong. Jesus would say, do you want to be healed? See, 
Proverbs 23, verse 7 again says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. One of the scriptures that I, I try to keep in front of my eyes is Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Matthew 8, verse 17, which says, He himself, Jesus, took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. You want to say that out loud with me? Come on, use your best voice. He himself took our infirmities and bore. See, I, I'll just take that scripture and I will pray it and I will speak it again and again because I want it to drop from the hope of my head. I want it to be the conviction of my heart because, because folks, I want to see myself free of sickness. I want to see myself free of disease. I want to see myself well. Now, Proverbs 4 again says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them and help to all their flesh. See, folks, too many people have a difficulty and, and, and we'll end up praying and praying and praying, but we never see ourselves with the answer. We just see things getting worse and worse. And when we do this, we're looking at the wrong thing. We're looking at the symptoms. We're looking at the condition. We're looking at ourselves. But my Bible tells me in Hebrews chapter 12 that I'm to look unto Jesus. He's the author and he's the finisher of my faith. And in order to receive from God, I've got to get my mind on the answer and I've got to see myself as having received. See, when I pray, I constantly thank God and say, God, I thank you that you've heard my prayer. I thank you that you've answered my prayer. I may not see the answer right now, but I thank you that the answer is on the way. I receive it right now. And there may be winds of adversarial resistance that blow against me. There may be difficulties and I, and I may be tempted to, to turn this way and that way, but I've learned that if I'll be patient... James says, let patience have her perfect work. Everybody that loves patience, just raise your hand. No, don't do that. If I'll be patient, I'm kind of like David. I'm young and now I'm old. Terry went on Facebook and posted a picture of Kathy and I leaving on our, 40 years ago on our, after our wedding on our honeymoon. And I looked at several, several of you looked at that and you said, Pastor, you used to have hair. Uh, long pork chop sideburns. You know, my daughter, Kristen, who is a hairdresser, she cuts my hair when we get around her. She lives in South Carolina. And she always says, well, Dad, how's your island doing? She, this little bit of hair right here. I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed Bacon bread. You know, Jesus said this in Mark eleven twenty four. He said, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. Anybody can believe after they've received. Anybody can believe when there's nothing to believe for. Whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Believing comes before receiving. <laughs> Hallelujah. And folks, 
you're a three-part nature. You got a body, and in your body you got her soul. Your soul's made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And then you got a spirit. Your spirit is where it's, it's, that word is used interchangeably with heart in the New Testament. You've got a spirit, and that's where Jesus lives. That's where the Holy Spirit dwells inside you. That's where when you get into worship and start giving God glory, it feels good down here deep inside you, down in your spirit. Now, here's the problem. Some of us are used to being led by our soul that we don't know the leadership of the spirit. See, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And all of us can go through hard times emotionally. Um, Glory to God. Help me, Jesus. I pastored now for over 30 years. And I pastored some people who said, you know, I'm not going to believe it unless I see it. I'm only going to believe what I can see. Folks, everybody hear me. Open up your ears. Hear this. Every person believes at least something that you can't see. You do. How many of you have ever seen nuclear energy? Not have you seen a power plant, but have you ever seen nuclear energy? How many of you believe in the destructive power of nuclear energy when it goes bad? Yeah, you don't see it. In fact, we've got we've got some pictures here. There was a in 1996 there was a nuclear explosion. That's Chernobyl. That's in Ukraine and what used to be the Soviet Union. 50 people lost their lives when that explosion took place and 120,000 people have been relocated. That area even today is a ghost town. They relocated people that lived within 1000 square miles of Chernobyl. Thank God for sparing America. I said, thank God for sparing America. Did you know that that five years ago, well, March, in March, in in the year 2011, I think we've got a picture of, of the Japan coastline because there was an earthquake that triggered a tsunami off the east coast of Japan. The tsunami destroyed a nuclear power plant and they had to evacuate over 120,000 people from that part of Japan because of the threat of nuclear energy and its destructive power. You can't see it. But there were people that lost everything and left everything because they believed and what they couldn't see. Folks, you can't see God. You can't see the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, I wish I lived back in the days when Jesus was on earth. It would have been easier then. I don't think so because Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will bear witness in your heart that you're a son, that you're a daughter of God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, For he himself said, say this with me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Say that again. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say. It doesn't say we may timidly say. It doesn't say we sometimes say. It says we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Let me ask you a question. Are you boldly saying, The Lord is my helper? 
Or have you forgotten he's your helper and you're just, just kind of overcome by, by life and all your problems and difficulties? We just need to boldly say, come on, say it. The Lord is my helper. Come on, try it again. The Lord is my helper. Now, I thank God. Can, can, can you hand me, Rose, would you hand me that connection card that's right beside you? You know, I thank God for those of you that fill out a connection card. We use it to connect with first-time friends, and we also have a place for prayer requests. And on Mondays in intercessory prayer, we take these and and, and we pray over them. And I I thank you for doing it. But let let me just share with you. Sometimes we'll get prayer requests. They'll say things like this. Pray for me. I feel as if the Lord has forsaken me. Now, I've, I've, I've felt that way before. But, dear ones, we can't go by our emotions. He says, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I will never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes we'll get requests and it'll say something like this. I don't know if I can make it. I hope I can. Please pray for me that I will suffer and endure till the end. Well, I, I thank God you want to make it to the end. But let's get a vision of victory. Let's get a vision. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is both the king and he is the victor. He is the victor king. And dear ones, we can't allow the devil to use our emotions to drag us all over the place. Jeremiah 17 says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? He was talking about our emotions and your emotions will lie to you. If I, sometimes I don't feel. I used to have a dear lady in our church in Illinois and, and her big thing is, Pastor, I just don't feel saved. I, and I, I bet we worked with her. Kathy and I worked with her for over a year. I just don't feel saved. And we took her to Romans eight fourteen. The Spirit bears witness in our heart that we are the children of God. You know, we, we, we went over all the Romans road with her. Said, but Pastor, I just don't feel saved. And finally I had to say, dear sister, let's quit going by our feelings. And you're going to have to say, I'm saved whether I feel saved or not. And and if you'll just forget about not feeling saved and start giving God glory and forget about yourself and give him glory, the Holy Ghost will start working in your heart. Hallelujah. Proverbs says we got to keep the word of God in front of our eyes. We've got to listen to it with our ears and keep it in the midst of our heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, when, when I first went to graduate school, I just, I just wasn't sure I could do it because I, I did not, I was not a very good student. I had a great time in college, but I didn't make very good grades. And, and, and I, I got into graduate school the first time provisionally. And I, I, an undergraduate, I, I'd major in theology. And when I went to graduate school the first time, I was getting a graduate degree in communications. And, and I was taking four classes, four three-hour classes, and there was about five books to read for each of those four three-hour classes, and we were to do it in a 12-week quarter. We are not on semesters, we were 12-week quarters. It was a lot. And so every spare moment I had, I was reading. The problem was that I would read half the page, and I didn't understand the words. I had no clue what they were read what they were so i had to read with a bibliography in front of me and i had to just go ahead and put definitions for words at the top of the page 
And the old devil was whispering to my heart saying, you're not going to make it. You're going to be a failure. Nothing's going to work out. And, and again, thank God for Philippians 4.13 was not the hope of my head, but was the conviction of my heart. And I said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I knew 1 Thessalonians 5.24 that says, faithful is he that has called you who will also bring it to pass. And I remember having a prayer meeting saying, God, I don't think this was my idea. This was your idea for me to come to school. I'm just trying to obey you, Lord. And that means I got to have some help. How many of you know God is our refuge and strength? He is a very present help in time of trouble. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you something. I got through that graduate program with a 3.6 GPA on a 4.0 scale. And for those of you that aren't applauding, you say, well, that's not very good. It was good for me. It was good for this boy. Hallelujah. Dear ones, we're going to celebrate communion this morning. But just before we do, here's what I'm going to ask something. I'm getting ready to ask you to stand, but I'm going to ask that nobody move, nobody talk. Let's just be really, really quiet. Everybody stand to your feet very quietly. Please, church is not over. Please just stand to your feet. Romans 8 verse 34 says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. And in your mind's eye, I want you to see Jesus seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I want you to see Jesus making intercession for you by his shed blood. I want you to see Jesus saying this to you, I became your substitute. I didn't die for myself. I don't think Jesus didn't need to die for himself. He didn't never committed sin. He was faultless. He didn't need to redeem himself because he wasn't lost. But he says, you were lost. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but I became your substitute. I took upon myself your sins. I took upon myself your sicknesses. I took upon myself your diseases. I took upon myself the things that are going wrong in your soul. I took upon myself all that you had done wrong and I died for you and I rose again on the third day for you and I sent it on high for you and I sent the promised Holy Spirit for you. I shed my blood for you. I suffered and died and rose again for you. And nowhere does the Bible speak of a silent faith. In fact, in the New Testament, when 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 talks about the spirit of faith, it says, having received the spirit of faith, we speak. See, the, faith, the spirit of faith always speaks. And this world is full of people that say, yes, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he died for my sins. But that's all it is, is a belief. They never articulated. They've never said, Jesus Christ is my king. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Right now, there's some of you, you need to take the step of publicly just saying, Jesus Christ, I want you to be my king. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Just keep your head bowed, your eye closed. If you say, that's me, Terrell, I want to make Jesus Christ my king and my Lord. I want to know the joy of my sins forgiven. I want to publicly profess, Jesus, you're my king. Jesus you're my Lord. Anybody all over this house? All over this house? All over this house? Huh? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else?
Anybody else? There's probably some more. Come on. In the stillness of this moment, I want Jesus Christ to be the King, the Lord, the Master of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask Pastor Zach to come and stand right here. And Pastor Zach's going to stand right here. And if you raised your hand, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just slip out, and Pastor Zach's going to pray with you. He's going to pray a prayer with you. See, everybody that Jesus ever called, he called publicly. In fact, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. He says, but if you'll acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the angels. So just go ahead and slip out right now. Pastor Zach wants to pray for you. He wants to minister to you in Jesus' name. That's it. Come. Come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, rejoice, saints. Come on, rejoice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, there were a few more of you. There were a few more of you that raised your hand, and I'm not going to badger you, but I do want to give you the opportunity to place your faith publicly in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Zach's going to just keep praying with him. We're getting ready to sing. Ushers, would you come? Would you distribute the communion elements to us? You can have a seat, if you will, please. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.